0: Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 113, John and Wendy talk to Galen Emanuel. I'm your host, John.
1: And I'm Wendy. How are you doing tonight, John?
0: Wendy, you know, with everything that's been going on, we may be stuck at home Mm -hmm. in our separate homes. For those of you who don't know, we're not married. We don't live together. No, we're we're way, we're way <laughs> spread apart. However, even though we're working from home right now, we've been really fortunate to get to do some fun things in the community outside of social art.
1: Lots of lots of fun stuff going on. Um, you've been a little bit busier than I have. Um, you did a, a great seminar recently with uh, Career Arc which went really well.
0: I appreciate you saying that. CareerArc had had me and Kate Bischoff and Tracy Sponenberg with a panel hosted by Carolyn Vernon. So it was great that everybody on that webinar has been part of this podcast. Great conversation with HR professionals about how to lead through these turbulent times. By the time this has come out, we will have done a session with our friend Anish Aravind in India. That I'm super excited about that because Wendy, I don't think that's our first international thing, even though we're not there. We're there. No, instead. it is. So I'm pretty stoked yes. about that. I was also fortunate. I had a, did a session with Alexander Norin with Fortune, and I think that's out there. I'll share a link to that. Had a conversation, again, about community building, and especially in these times. You'll be able to find us in plenty of places. I know yep. we've probably got other things going on. Happy hours, movie nights, maybe another trivia night. You never know. Keep an eye out.
1: Yeah, keep an eye out. I'm looking at some other options for trivia. See if we can find something that's a little more affordable, more in our price range. Again, unless somebody wants to sponsor sponsor it, you know. Um, but I think there's I think there's opportunities for us to to connect with folks out there um, and, and just have some fun. Um, but it's also great to be um, able to talk about what uh, what we're doing and you know keeping the keeping the vibe going that we can still learn and share and and grow who we are.
0: I think what we're learning in this is that we certainly don't need, as much as we love conference season and going to conferences and seeing each other and breaking bread and getting to hug people and shake hands and do those things, we can do this remotely. We can do it in this amazing way over the interwebs. So yeah, we're going to keep doing those things and uh, join us out there and keep doing it too. Wendy, I'm really excited about tonight's guest. I can remember his name first came up when we spoke to Kyra Matkovich the first time way back. Oh yeah. Yeah. When we used to ask like, who, we used to ask like multiple people about who, not just so much who you follow, but who do you recommend? And Mm -hmm. people, it's like 10 names. He was a name I didn't know at the time. Galen and I had a chance to speak a few weeks ago and kind of talk shop and get to know each other a little better. He's been really engaged with us uh, online and I'm really excited to have him here I'm gonna stop gushing. I'll let you make sure we'll get started,
1: <laughs> yeah, very, very excited to welcome Galen to the show tonight. um He is an expert in reframing leadership and communication skills with teams and brands, increasing emotional intelligence, and helping companies to create living, breathing culture. Galen, um first off, thank you for the short bio <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> I love the short bios um. But also, welcome to the show. And our first question is always, what is in your glass?
2: Thank you, Wendy. You guys, I am so excited to be on the show and connect with you. I, I love everything you do, and you're both so charming and lovely. So uh, what is in my glass? Ah, my favorite bourbon in the entire year. Ah, nice. Blanton's. Uh, Excellent. I Kentucky. I recently went to the distillery where uh, it's made. Actually, when we were on the call, John, I was headed out to, uh, to the distillery to, to check it out. So uh, yeah, Blanton's is is my favorite bourbon. I'm a bourbon guy. And uh, I, got a spe- I got a bottle that was special for my birthday, and I opened it tonight. Um, so I opened oh, it as the first glass of that's that awesome. bottle
0: tonight. Very I nice. was like, totally special occasion. So um, yeah.
1: Nice. I feel, I feel special. I feel special.
0: I am enjoying what they locally call lager. Good old Gingling <laughs> from Pottsville, PA. Perfect.
1: Uh I uh finished off a bottle of um rhubarb wine uh with dinner tonight. That is uh a very South Dakota thing. Um and uh make it an a, an IPA before the night is out. We have uh, we keep going to eponymous, um, picking up crowlers and growlers, um, keeping them in business.
0: <laughs> love it. All right, Wendy legit, when are they gonna sponsor us?
1: I- I'm working on it. Come I- on. You know, right now is not a good time to ask a uh, a brewery that's only doing carry-out.
0: <laughs> in, in in theory, they could sponsor us. How about that? Just to, <laughs> theory, well, i got a hat. They give you a hat. You've
1: got you a hat. hat. I've got a hat. You know, i like got NASCAR my, drivers I've got can my wear shirt on hat.
0: <laughs> Trade hats. Well, it's a done, done deal. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Galen, again really glad you're with us. And and I also apre- appreciate brief bios. I have to ask though, y- you have a very interesting path like all of us do, but talk to us a little bit about, you know, you made this move from theater and improv comedy, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. How did you make that move into your focus now when it comes to improving company cultures? It happened so organically. It was just this
2: magical thing in the universe. Um And I, you know, my background was always in sales and marketing. Uh, That was my kind of career background. And I started doing improv, teaching improv classes, taking improv classes, and uh, just being obsessed with improv alongside my career. At one point, I became the marketing and sales director for the improv theater that I was performing and teaching at and work. And uh, so got that role. And I am just, I'm also just an entrepreneur in my bones. Uh, And, you know, at that point, I had been teaching improv for years and performing improv for years. And I also speak business. I've always been just obsessed with business teams, leadership, sales, like just psychology. Why do people do what they do and and everything around human dynamics? And and I just recognize there's so much crossover here. There's so much value around communication, around mindsets, around impact for teams, for human beings. When you start taking improv, it literally shifts the way that you view the world and how you view other people impacting each other and how they communicate from friends to relationships in every aspect. And I, you know, business is something that I'm curious. I love, I'm so passionate about, and it just was a natural thing. I started putting on classes and teaching workshops within the business community and developing curriculum and seeing what worked and what didn't and pretty quickly it caught fire i was like i just fell in love with this work i'm like it's so valuable for just for teams and human beings because it's just a different way of looking at how we show up for each other and did that there for a little bit Uh, probably a year and a half, two years into starting that work and developing curriculum, I was working with bigger companies, Microsoft, et cetera. And it just kind of caught fire. And I was like, this is the only thing I ever want to do. I love it. It's just, it's my bliss. I get to talk about improv. I get to be on stage in front of people. It just, it's everything I love. And so I left, started my own company and that was six and a half years ago. I I was never like, I want to be a keynote speaker. I want to like work with teams and do this stuff. And it sort of evolved from, you know, uh, soft skills of impact and hard skills around communication and stuff into, you know, I, I just sort of discovered in the process of working with so many teams and talking to brands and leaders that, everything is sort of really centered around culture. Right. And that like how teams implement this learning skills, gaining skills, being better leaders, being better communicators is awesome. But, uh, you know, that is just the toppings on top of the foundation, which is really around culture. And I think that, that sort of, it all just happened very organically in terms of the things that I love and I'm drawn to and I'm curious about and can make impact with. So yeah, that, that was sort of how it happened. It was I beautifully kind of fell into it. It just grew. Uh, and it is my bliss.
1: <laughs> I love it. Right now, what are you seeing as some of the primary issues your clients are dealing with when it comes to defining or even developing their culture?
2: Yeah, uh, which is a fantastic question because that's, you know, that's really kind of like part of really the heart of what I do. Um, and, and I think that the the challenge when it comes to culture is that it is such a uh, it's such an elusive thing. It's such a complex thing and it's hard to talk to five leaders or HR people, anything and say, what is your culture? How do you develop? How do you create culture? And so what I've found in my work is that, you know, what companies know about culture, what they understand about culture isn't wrong. It's just incomplete. And I think that we, you know, collectively for organizations, when we talk about culture, there's still a prevailing idea out there that is like the Richard Branson quote about like, there's no secret sauce to culture. It's just, you know, you treat people the way they want to be treated. And some of these sort of uh, broad sweeping ideas that culture just happens and you get lucky with it, or it's one conversation at a time. And I, and I am, what I have realized and, and discovered sort of in my work is that that is not the case, right? We would never approach marketing that way. You say, well, marketing, man, there's no secret sauce to marketing. You just create great product and people will buy it. And it's like, <laughs> nope, there is a strategic, practical, <laughs> tangible way that you go about doing this that is systems-based, that that is actually possible to do. And so for me, it's taking that very complex, very elusive concept of culture. And how do we as an organization, whether there's 20 of us or 5,000 of us across the country in multiple locations, how do we create a culture that people adhere to? That's clearly right. That people understand that's clear that we're committed to and, and consistent about. And, uh, and that that is the biggest challenge to me. It's rare to find someone that is like, I know how to create culture in a systematic process kind of way. And that that's my fa- like, I could just talk forever and ever about, about <laughs> how they do that. I hope that we can like dive into just a tiny bit, just even high level towards like how companies really need to approach that work in order for it to be effective and work. And, um, you know, there is a system, there's a process and that, that is just what I am so excited about sort of sharing that and walking through that process with teams and, and, and sh- shifting people's mindsets around what that means and how to do it.
1: Um, so, you know, obviously we don't have time to dive into a whole session, <laughs> The <laughs> whole session. Contact Galen and, and he'll uh, he'll hook you up. But if you could pick one thing for people to take away from the podcast of where to start, a question to ask, what what's that one thing you'd want them to take away today?
2: Okay, I'm going to be as succinct as possible, um, but it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be more than one thing. So the okay. process, high level, the very process for creating culture inside an organization looks like this. It's kind of three steps. Number one is clarity, clarity around what is our culture to define it, right? And clearly articulate it. And I think where companies get stuck is they create a mission statement and a list of values that are usually pretty obvious, trust, respect, integrity, et cetera, and be like, that's our culture. And I'm like, no, it's not (laughs) because people you you have (laughs) silos between departments and leaders yell at people in meetings and like you have anything but that. Um, And so the work in terms of Getting clear about your culture is to unpack those into behaviors, right? So we can say, what is our code of conduct? What are the ground rules to these values, right? So if we say growth, uh, growth is a cool idea, but how do you make people growth, right? And so, you know, when you create a culture that says we actively seek out feedback and we don't see feedback as a threat, we see it as an opportunity to grow that is a value. That's a code of conduct, right? It's a mindset. So when we clearly articulate our culture in terms of how do people approach their work and how do they approach right both the work that they do and other people and impact other people on the team. So we clearly articulate what are the ground rules of this culture? What's the code of conduct? Step number two is kind of commitment. So it's like, what is our commitment level to this? Does it apply to every single person in the organization? Right. If somebody has been on the executive team for 20 years, can they show up any way they want? Or do we actually mean this? Do we live this line in the sand of there's only one way to be here? And it's this right. And it's positive. It's intentional. But we hold each other accountable to that and and say our commitment to this is 100 percent across the board and we mean it. And this is how we hold each other accountable. Um, and then the last piece is consistency, not just to create that and create a poster and put it on the wall, but to say, Right. How, how do we, I call it feeding the fish. How do we every day, every week, every month, how do we actually consistently integrate this culture into the fabric of this organization and how we hire, how we onboard training and development, right? Systems, processes, programs. How do we make this so it 's a living, breathing thing? so if we say you know we look for mutually beneficial resolutions for con- to conflict right and we really hear each other out and listen to where other people are coming from, then part of your training and development should be giving people nonviolent communication training and talking about give them res- conflict resolution training right that 's how you live your culture from a very high level perspective it's it's those steps it's diving deeper into what does this actually mean for us if we create a living, breathing, tangible culture for our organization that is uniquely us that right that's clear that we're committed to, that's consistent. That is the heart of what I do. And like having the tools and the conversations, knowing how to have those conversations and, and how to roll those things out without getting lost in the weeds. Those skills and the ability to do that uh, is a huge benefit to teams, organizations, to get clear, right? And take this elusive, uh, you know, concept of culture and make it a tangible, real thing and treat it as a strategic priority, right? Same way we treat marketing, sales, operations, uh, communication, everything else. So
0: I hope that wasn't too long, awesome. but-
2: no,
1: I thought that was great.
0: I have a feeling this is going to tie into that, Galen, this next question. Know you're very passionate beyond culture development is really leadership development, too. And I feel like, and Wendy and I have talked to other people about this, you know, HR, we do so many things now and are, and are tasked with so many different things. I've certainly seen in the last many years a lot more focus for us to help, particularly with leadership development. You know, where do you think is an area that HR professionals could put more focus when it comes to helping develop leaders in their organizations? Oh man,
2: uh, developing leaders in organization. I think a hundred percent it's all around emotional intelligence. I think that we need to be identifying, measuring training on developing emotional intelligence and in leaders. I don't think anybody in the universe should be put into a leadership position unless they have, unless they are a great leader of people, right. They can communicate, influence different types of communication styles, backgrounds uh, like and emotional intelligence is just so tied into that growth mindset, all of those things. And and the ability, you know, there's, there's certain skills that come with that, right. That we can also develop the ability to navigate conflict and have challenging conversations, which is so critical as a leader, right. To give and receive feedback as coaching, um, et cetera. But I, I really think emotional intelligence is the key. Highly emotionally intelligent people, they learn better. They're just, they're, they're so much more Fantastic on teams. And you and you know this, we've all heard this a million times and witnessed and experienced this, where somebody who is a very, very strong individual contributor, because of that, the way that a company promotes them is that makes sense. Be like, well, now you're a leader and now you're in charge of these other people. And so many times that's the wrong move. Give somebody a raise because of how valuable they are, but don't put them in front in charge of a team if they don't like leading people. It's a whole nother skill. And I, I think we need to be really clear about What are we looking for? What are the characteristics and traits of people that we make leaders in this organization? Um, And just, you can reward and promote individual contributors without putting them in charge of a team. Pay them more. They're valuable. Pay them what they're worth. Uh, Don't make them a leader to tank their productivity and work and also ruin other teams, right? Because the impact on that. is huge. You put somebody who doesn't like leading, who's not a fantastic leader in charge of a team, everybody suffers in that situation. So again, long-winded answer about emotional intelligence and making sure that leaders are leaders and that's it, period. I don't care if someone's been there for 10 years and they deserve a promotion, it doesn't matter. And get clear as an organization in HR, right? To be like, these are knowledge- right? These are the KOAs. This is the skills. This is what it takes to be a leader here and advertise that, train that, promote that, be transparent about it. Let people know from the second you hire them, if you want to move up in this organization, this is what it takes to be a leader here. Uh, I mean, that's, it's, that's critical. You
1: know, I think that goes into, in my mind, how, how we've done a disservice to promoting people and taking it, taking advantage of their skills. We only give you one path. There's only, one way to be successful. There's only one way to get a promotion. There's only one way to get more money, you know, because we say if you do, if you're an HR generalist, well, this is the most we're ever going to pay an HR generalist, no matter how good you are at your job. So, you know, I think we need to relook at how we're compensating people to get those people who, you know what, I, I love what I do. I don't want to lead people. But if I want to you know, be quote unquote successful and the American dream, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I have to be a man. I have to have a manager title. Um, and that's, you know, and there are other ways to, to do that and get people to help people be successful. So I think that's, um, one of those things that needs to be discussed again and just realigned, you know,
2: and I, I just, there's innovation to be had there, right. In terms yeah. of what, how have we always done things? Uh, is that the best way to do it? And, it's not, I mean, the Peter principles part, part of, because of that system, it's like you, the only way up is to be in charge of teams. And it's like, yep. uh, we end up forcing people into a space where it's like everyone in your organization, you should know what are they skilled at? Where do they, where are they on fire and their job and, and the most productive and awesome and get them there, pay them as much as possible and get them in that space. And if it's not leading people, great. Keep them. You, you want to yeah. like, you don't want you can't afford to lose people that are fantastic. So
1: Yeah. Because that work still needs to be done. Not everybody can be in yes. charge.
2: Oh, <laughs> come on, Wendy. Sure they can. <laughs> yeah. and, and for organizations uh, to start yeah. asking. Right? I think I think yeah. we we make assumptions. This person, we they of course they want to be a leader and make more money. It's like if we should be assessing people to say, yeah. what do you want to What do you want to do, leaders, man? Ask your people, what, what what fires you up? What do you want to do? Do you want to lead? If so, this is, you know, these are the skills and qualities. Like we should be having those conversations, all the talent mapping our people from day one, what do you want to do? What is it a year from now? What's three years from now, you know, uh, put them on the right path and, and let them thrive. Uh, and And, that's, that's.
1: And and, yeah, tell them how to get there. Tell them this is here. Here are the paths that we have here.
2: Um, Guide them. Yep
1: guide them through that. And, you know, if there's something else you want to do, we we'll, we can talk about that too. But if you, if you like more of a roadmap, some of us like roadmaps.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't know, right. And just yeah, be here exactly. and, and you know, just be awesome.
1: Just be awesome. Come in and do it and um, you know, improvise your own career. So there's, that's going to be my segue to our it. question. Because <laughs> that's what you Perfect. do. You've been an <laughs> improviser. You have, You've studied and toured with Whose Line Is It Anyway, um, yeah. that cast. And um, I actually recently introduced my, uh, my oldest to the British version because it's on Hulu. And ah. uh, she, she really enjoyed it. Um, I forgot how funny it was. <laughs> it's very, uh, very funny. Yeah. Uh, so what is the most memorable audience suggestion that you can recall getting and uh, maybe a, a favorite memory?
2: Uh, audience suggestion. Man, I, you know, in a in a career, if you, you go improv for 10 or 12 years, you have every suggestion you can imagine in the, <laughs> in the books. Um, I had a great moment. A great moment comes to mind. And I'll like, you know, again, if you spend years on improv, and when I was like heavy in improv, I was doing five or six shows a weekend, two on Thursday, oh two on Friday, two on Saturday. I was like, for five years of my life, I was performing five, six nights a week. I mean, I was like obsessed. Wow. Just- A hundred percent in it. So in that time, you know, so many magic and and hysterical and ridiculous moments. But one that stands out to me is we did this show uh, at the theater that I performed at called Hellingham, and it's a it was a murder mystery. We did it every year at October in for Halloween. Wildly popular. We run it the whole month. And in that show, it's a if you've ever played Mafia or Werewolf, the games where you you're assigned a role and you get a piece of paper and nobody else knows what they're. So in that show. All, none of the players knew who anyone else was. You go pick a, a thing out of the bowl in front of the audience. So nobody knows. Uh, you pick a thing out of the audience, out of the, a bowl... And it either said T for townsfolk, which means you're an innocent townsfolk and you don't die. It had a K on it, which means you're the killer and, you're, and you are the killer of the show. Or it had a one, a two, or a three. And you either died first, second, or third. There's three deaths every show. There's a killer every show. And then everybody else is innocent. <laughs> and then we did this sort of uh, quick format where you interact with all the different people in the townsfolk. And it's like, and you don't know who the killer is. And throughout the shows, people get killed. One of the shows that I was in, somebody who draw the killer thought it was a T. And so they didn't know they were the killer. So nobody (laughs) knew who the killer was. And people are getting, like, and in the format, it's kind of hard to explain, but people get killed along in the show. Like if I'm number one, I go out and like enact my first death uh, as though the other person is on stage, but they're not, there's no one else there, but you just play the part of your own death and maybe I get strangled or whatever. But we got towards the end of the show and, and everyone was like, wait, It just, it was, it became apparent that nobody was the killer and we're all like, "Uh, I'm not the killer. I'm not the killer. And it would have totally destroyed it. But like just a fantastic moment of chaos Uh, and improv is full of moments like that. It was like, Everybody was certain they were not the killer, and we're like, guys, the show has to end. Like, <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't know. like endless amount of stories of just crazy things like that. That, that one came to mind. That was beautiful. But I, I, we used to do a 27 hour improvathon. We'd improvise for 27 oh hours gosh. straight on stage, and it was crazy. I mean, just, I've been part of some crazy, wow. fun, amazing why, stuff. Why 27? Stuff. Ah, I'll tell you why. That's a great yeah. question. Yeah. Not 24 because our Friday night shows start at eight. We had an eight o'clock and a 10 o'clock on Friday night and an eight o'clock and 10 o'clock on Saturday night. So we'd start 8 a.m. Er, sorry, 8 oh. p.m. on Friday night. We'd go all the way through the night and the next day and end at the eight at the 10 p.m. show on Saturday. Sure. So it ended up being 27 uh, wow. or 27 and a half, whatever. So um, that's why the the weird hours. But. Crazy and insane. I mean, we get loopy, man. Four o'clock in the I mean, morning. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, that last so one, I'm that probably, last
1: show was probably nuts. What? How much The last show
2: is? was insane. <laughs> Everyone is like, they're just like out of their mind, crazy. Yeah. We're just off the walls. And like, you get like your 10th wind at that point and go nuts. But uh, yeah, some some scenes and shows that, that we did at three, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Creative, with your brain, is like, oh, I'm done.
0: <laughs> Who's your audience at a 27 hour? Was it the same audience or different different crowds coming. Great question.
2: I was the marketing person at the time. So here's what we did. We sold, we sold a pass. We sold a 27 hour pass. It was like a hundred bucks. And if you could stay the whole time you'd win like six months free to the to the, oh, to the theater. Oh, wow. So you'd get to come to shows and like we we give people a shirt. they get like a badge and a trophy so it's like if you can make it all 27 Amazing. hours in the audience. And like so the first year or two it was like we had maybe five people, four people. But at one point we had like, we call them hardcores. At one point we had like 45 hardcores in the audience. Oh, I mean wow. insane. Wow. And those people, because they've seen every show the whole time. Yeah. So these inside jokes and crazy stuff that happened. Um, brilliant. But yeah, we found a way. We got sponsored <laughs> <laughs> by companies that would bring in food so we had breakfast catered lunch oh, catered, so nice. people had food
0: because they couldn't leave or
2: anything so uh yeah we we dialed it in man that was that was some good times those are great oh, wow. memories <laughs> oh i love
1: it oh my gosh that is hysterical well galen it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show which is the half hour question connection when you were a child what career did you dream of having
2: I wanted to be a veterinarian uh, because I love animals, and then I found <laughs> out in my not very long after that youth that veterinarians don't hang out with animals all day. They help sick animals <laughs> and shot. And, jo- and I was like, nope, zero percent. I think after that, I wanted to work at a zoo because <laughs> I was like, I love animals so much—dinosaurs, everything. Uh, so the dream didn't last once I realized what being a veterinarian meant. But uh, yeah, when I was a kid, and then it was all over the place. I want to be a fireman, you know all the things yeah. but that, that uh, lasted a while and work at a zoo
1: let's say that that sounds uh, a lot like my daughter who very short time wanted to be a veterinarian and quickly changed it to zoologist um and then when she learned about um dissecting she uh quickly decided zookeeper yeah. <laughs> would be a lot better because then you don't have to do all that stuff
0: it's a good pivot <laughs> i made the same pivot i get it i get it <laughs> Galen, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know?
2: Oh, that question's hard. I knew it's was coming. I, literally, I've connected with so many incredible people in the Twitter, HR Twitterverse, and like your guys' world. And like, I mean, Kyra, Steve Brown, uh, Laura, right from, uh, you said, staffing, like so many incredible people. Uh, someone that I think is not really active in that world that I did connect with um, is Anthony A.J. Vaughn from... Uh, from E1B2, he also does a podcast, and uh, I came across that guy just from being involved. And uh, I was on his podcast. He's great. He's just he's a visionary. He talks about leadership and teams a lot of the way that that I do as well. And I think his podcast is great. He puts out a lot of uh, content. And um, is that okay to plug other podcasts? They're they're great. I'm but sure. you guys, do yeah, is great. Uh, but yeah, he he's a cool guy. Uh, we teamed up, and uh, I was a guest on his podcast. He's a he's just he's great.
1: Awesome. So a new HR professional, uh, someone who wants to be a leader asks you for a piece of advice, one piece of advice, what do you tell them?
2: Oh man, these like only one, you, you guys know I've failed at <laughs> every question. I'm like, yeah.
1: name one thing. And I'm
2: like, okay, cool. I'll name like a hundred, but I'll be quick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's just my that brain. It happens
1: all the um, time.
2: Okay, uh, number one, know how to build culture. I think that's like the most valuable thing. You can go into an organization and be like, I know how to create culture in a way that's tangible. But I would, I would also say tap into the network get involved, go to right, conferences. The HR community is so strong. They're so supportive. There's so many brilliant people that write blogs, that have books, that have so much content. These podcasts, uh, there's just, there's a, a thousand master's degree of information out there to tap into this network of people that are doing what you're doing. Don't go it alone, like tap in. It's 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 so powerful, that network. And to know those people and have them just as a resource for you, Absolutely. It's like, do not go it alone.
0: Galen, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community or your community at large?
2: I really, truly find a lot of value in just contributing something value. So uh, being involved with in the Twitterverse and sort of the HR world and being able to share, promote other people's stuff. But I, I'm really the kind of person who I just find a lot of joy and comfort. It feeds my sort of gratitude to give back to people. And I think finding little ways that just hearing about somebody needs something, tapping into the network, going, finding some of I know in my place to like connect them with that person or amplify somebody's looking for a job and looking for a candidate. I, that kind of stuff really feeds me. And I, um, again, power the network, but I just, if I can make somebody's day better by, by just lifting a hand and doing something, I think that that, that just means a lot to me. I love that kind of stuff.
1: Awesome. What is your favorite movie?
2: So uh, these questions are so hard. I love movies. (laughs) Uh, If I had to pick one, I'd probably say Goodwill Hunting. I love that movie. It's great. Uh, American Beauty. You guys, I could just name off a thousand movies. I'm not gonna, we're just gonna leave it there. Lord of the Rings. (laughs) I I, I can't, I'm just, I'm just too many things. It's just too many things. Science fiction. I can't, (laughs) a lot. How about your favorite musician or band? Favorite musician or band? It's hard not to say. I thought about this question, and I'm thinking of all time. It's hard not to say Radiohead. They have played yep. a place in my life from. So I was like an angsty teen. Uh, they <laughs> it's like survived. Radiohead is like for like long lasting overall musician. I think they're. There. But I, I'm all over the board when it comes to music. Alan Stone. I love hip hop. Sarah Bareilles, brilliant. I, I love so much music. I, I'm constantly surrounded by music all the time. Again, you guys picking one is torture. <laughs> It's like maybe an introverts they love it but I'm just like no. can I say no. this
1: <laughs> is these are the three hardest questions ever asked favorite tv show
2: first season of westworld stole my heart brilliant i love wow. sci-fi i think it was brilliant um but it totally tanked after season 1 so uh i'm going s- <laughs> to the office american or uk I've I've watched the UK. I love the American one. I love I mean Andy Dwight it's just it's just so charming <laughs> and lovely and yeah, they're great. I think
1: you're the first person to mention Andy. Usually Michael, you know, when when the office comes up we hear about Michael, Jim and Pam, uh, yeah. you know, and, and Dwight. But you know, Andy is his own special Special character there. It's the whole crew, man.
2: And like for HR, how can you, Toby, like get out of here. It's everything. man. Uh, This like, I just, it's
0: just too good. So funny. We have, we've been very fortunate. Our experience at the office and meeting Paul Eberstein, So we, we get it. And it's, it's funny. Radiohead seems to come up a lot more these days. I don't know if it's, we're just talking to a group of people all in, like in the last morning, of 1980, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it just seems like it's, there's been this pocket, which is interesting. We've never had goodwill hunting before. And I don't, I've not seen what I saw the old Westworld, like the movie from the seventies. That's how old I Bill am. Branner. I didn't see it in the theater, but yeah, I saw it as a kid. I remember watching on TV and how weird it was. I haven't heard anything about the show, particularly going off the rails. I'm sorry to hear that's the case, but if you're not watching goodwill hunting, you're not listening to Radiohead, watching the office, what else do you like to do outside of work? I'm all over the board. I love live music.
2: Uh, I love to play music. So I play guitar, piano, and that kind of stuff. Um I- I'm a very social guy. So friends, like, you know, being, going out, uh, anywhere that's like interacting with people, playing games. Uh, again, a lot of answers there, but any and all games D and D board games video games i'm a games person i just i love the competitiveness of it, it keeps my brain i've got a busy brain so it, it gives me something to focus on i'd rather play video games than watch tv if i'm going to have downtime because it keeps it just keeps me engaged in creating stories and solving puzzles is challenging and yeah
0: so what's the happening game these days Oh, man.
2: Nobody's going to know this game. I mean, are there very many video game players in the HR world? John, you're
0: you're also... A, you love comic books and there's... And- Christopher Orosco <laughs> Chris Orozco yeah. is our video game correspondent for the show, so he probably knows it. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, I recently
2: discovered Path of Exile, which, for those of you that played it, okay. it's sort of like a Diablo 3 slash World of Warcraft kind of mm-hmm. hybrid. It's free. Uh, I've been... You know, that's been my uh, quarantine game of choice uh, lately, so... <laughs> My downtime space, just mindless killing things. uh, You know, building characters. I, if you love nerd stuff, it's it's
0: nerdy. So. <laughs> and John, I know you love nerd stuff, man. Does I do everybody? Love nerd does, nerd. Does, does? I just want to play games. I haven't okay. played games since we are we broke five years ago. So. <laughs> okay.
2: Does everybody know on the show that John was killed in a comic
0: book, in a Batman comic book? Right? Do people yeah. know that? Yeah. That was, yes, that was actually a trivia question when we did trivia last time. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I am. Yeah. That's an honor. (laughs) Thank you it's come up on two uh, podcasts now. Yes, it has. <laughs> two, different, two entirely different shows. let come
2: up uh, on. Also, speaking of, I did... Okay, after the trivia night, I was inspired. I hosted a trivia night with my friends. I got 13 people on there, played Kahoot. I did it exactly the way you guys did it. It was a nice. blast. And I got the paid account because we had a lot of people. And I was like, I don't want people yeah. to team up. So if you guys want to get in there, I'll give you the password. If you want to use my account, <laughs> you're like looking for sponsors. Oh. But oh. you guys can get in there and do it again. Uh, it was so fun. And we had a blast. We did, we did a... Yeah. a we did one where it was like, who am I? And, and everybody sent in baby pictures. And so we're all guessing <gasps> like whose baby oh, picture that was.
1: Oh, how fun. <laughs> oh, it
2: was so much fun. It was hours of fun. It was great. Oh, Anyways, I
1: love it. Yeah, Inspired okay. by
2: that. Um, there we go. Wow. But yeah, I'm your sponsor. You guys can log into my Kahoot you got it. account anytime. Oh, all oh, right.
1: Oh, awesome.
2: I love it.
1: I loved it. It, is, it, was, it was so much fun. And yeah, we were like, yeah, let's, you know, we want to do it again. So let's try and figure out how to do that. So um, there you go, y'all.
2: There you go, trivia night. Maybe more to come. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I'll be there. I loved it. I had so much fun. Uh,
1: all right. Well, it is Galen Emmanuel Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate?
2: You are taking the like dream that you have of some business you want to start, and you're starting it. Uh, oh. That you want to celebrate me and like that? I'm just again. I'm an entrepreneur. I love to create things. I'm a creator, and you are like going after your dream, your bliss, whatever it is, the thing you can talk about for hours <laughs> that nobody can derail you. You never get tired of talking about or thinking about whether that's making socks or whatever it is, <laughs> starting a nonprofit, do that thing. People are like, I'm going to just do it and like get in it and just start the thing and take some steps and like make something
0: happen that you love, uh, that fills your soul. That's what people are doing. I was expecting you to say twenty four hour improvathon. <laughs> nope.
1: I do not recommend that.
0: <laughs> you lose your mind. <laughs> uh,
2: I love it. Uh,
0: it's a great answer. A great answer. But you'd be starting a business, yeah. doing something. Galen, it has been an absolute joy.
2: Yes. Uh,
0: technical issues aside, which nobody else is really going to hear because we'll fix it. But now they'll know. Yeah, but that, that's the fun part, is they're going to have to guess and figure out what it may yeah, have been. What technical issues? Keep, keep everybody right. on their toes. Around, yeah. right? none, none of your business. That's what issues that's right. that's what.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm sure there may be some of the listeners that aren't connected with you now that are going to want to get connected, and we strongly recommend that they get connected with you yes. if they're not. What's the best way for them to reach out there via social? Uh, reach out via
2: social. So uh, obviously I'm on I'm on Twitter it's you know instagram linkedin all those things under galen emmanuel uh, my handle right now is, is at shift yes which is my website shiftyes.com. um all of uh, also youtube so all the videos we drop uh we do a weekly video drop uh every week for content that's around teams leadership communication culture etc um and so uh all of those videos end up on youtube and we share them on social channels as well so and they're all on my website to archive it. If people are interested, they can sign up for that as well. Just like free content that we put out because I have a lot of stuff to say about these <laughs> topics that I love. So, um, yeah. Yeah. My website, social, those kinds of things. Just connect with me. I love this stuff, too. So if people want to like reach out and like, let's have a conversation about culture, man. I'm like, yes, I got resources I'll <laughs> send to people. I, I love this. I literally can never get tired of talking about this stuff. It's, it is just it's my heart. So, um, yeah, if anyone wants to reach out and connect, I'm here. I would love to.
0: We will have that in the show notes, and I'm sure they will. I know. I'm sure they will. Yep. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you out there?
1: Uh, best way is on my blog, uh, mydailyjourney.com, daily days and dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And, of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, join us for the HR Social Hour Twitter chat.
0: How about you, John? johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. Find the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share. Anytime, uh, anytime you help us out, reviews, boosting our signal, we appreciate it. International listeners, please contact us. We have gifts. Yes. Mail the mail still working at least for now. We, we're happy <laughs> to send your way because we love you being part of our community. Yep. Kaylin, thanks again, and so for the HR Social Hour half-hour podcast, I'm John,
1: and I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect,
0: give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody.
1: We'll see you soon.